Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I am your host, Mark C.V., the Special Projects Council at the American Legion Headquarters in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies. Hello, Jeff. Hello. I'm you stuck out here in California. Big, you enjoying that Big Ten football? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and by Ashley Gorbolja Moldonado, looking splendid today from our nation's capital. Thank you. You spent You're a so lot kind. of time on your hair, and I got to yeah. tell you, I noticed it. I'm a big hair guy, as you can tell from what I got going on here. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I do like Jeff's haircut. That's pretty much the speed I would go at. Do you actually get that professionally done, or do you do that in your... uh, Yeah. I do this at home. This is actually hippie level right here for people who can't see it. It does look a little uh, longer. Yeah, yeah, it's It's ridiculous. I got to get back. All right. Jeff Taylor, five foot eight, six foot two with the afro. (laughs) <laughs> starting at powered forward all right well today we are going to be joined by our national legislative director lawrence mantra now lawrence uh, as i said is currently the legislative director where he spearheads the legislative priority for the american legion representing the voice of two million veterans and service members prior to joining the american legion he worked on capitol hill and the u.s house of representatives for a member of the house armed services committee as a legislative fellow working on defense and policy issues. Lawrence was an active duty Marine infantry officer for eight years and deployed numerous times to the global war on terror. He still serves in the Marine Corps reserves. You can tell that when you see his haircut. Uh, And he's a company commander and has deployed as a foreign military advisor. He holds a bachelor of science in international business, trade and commerce from the state university of New York maritime college, which I just got schooled on as the, nation's oldest maritime college so there have at it uh maine and mass maritime that i thought were the oldest he also holds a master's of public policy from george mason university where i went to law school as well so we will be joined by lawrence just a minute after this quick commercial break delete delete if you care about disabled veterans and children in need and we know you do Donate today to the American Legion Veterans and Children's Foundation. Any amount helps. Donate online at legion.org forward slash donate. All right, now we are joined by Lawrence Montreux, the National Legislative Director of the American Legion. Lawrence, how are you this morning? Good, good. Happy to be here. Thanks, thanks for having me. You made it into the office. It's not Everything's not shut down? Uh, no, the, the office is up and running. Actually, a lot of D.C. is, is shut down right now. Um, we've got a little bit of snort, snort, a nor'easter coming through, so it's just yeah. a part, yeah. but we're up and running. Cool. All right, Ashley, we're going to go to you for the first question here. Absolutely. So, dun, dun, dun. so as we're talking about legislative agenda, what are our top three priorities moving into the next uh, session of Congress? Yeah, we, we've uh, so what we've been doing is putting together our, our, our legislative agenda. 
uh, for the next Congress, because we, we have a slew of, of uh, resolutions with legislative intent, but we, we need to prioritize some. So one of our main focuses in the, in the upcoming, con upcoming Congress is going to be addressing toxic exposure issues, especially burn pits. Um, you know, we had, we had a very big win this year, um, or anticipating one at least with uh, some of the Agent Orange presumptives and the NDAA. Uh, so we're really going to be shifting focus to uh, some more, more of the burn pit specific issues um, and really driving some of that legislation, legislation home. Uh, so that, that's going to be one of our top priorities. Another top priority is going to be improving health care for women veterans. Um, another big late session win for us um, in H.R. 7105. We just had a big chunk of the Deborah Sampson Act passed, mm -hmm. which was really focused at you know, addressing some of the concerns and issues of, you know, our fastest growing veteran population that's being treated at the VA um, and as, as it pertains to women veterans. So continue to push that point home. And then uh, thirdly, looking at uh, telehealth and, and rural health. Um, that's been an issue for a lot of veterans who, who live in more remote places. Uh, and one of the things the Legion has done is, is the Atlas program. Um, so for, for those who may not be familiar, it's a program where the partnership with Phillips and the VA, and it's a, a pilot program at the moment, but we have telehealth pods that are being in place in Legion facilities, and veterans can come in and receive their VA healthcare, you know, at, at these Legion posts uh, with, these, with these telehealth pods. So really looking at expanding telehealth capabilities uh, is, is going to be another major thing that we're going to be pushing in the upcoming 117th. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. All right, Jeff, you're up. All right, first thing I want to say is Semper Fi and all that, Devil Dog. Um, now, you're talking about the future. I, I want to go into a little recent past. You brought up the burn pits, and then there was also the Legion Act. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of us on, on out here in blue cap land of the American Legion, that seemed like a no-brainer, and it should have just been brought up and said, well, yeah, let's do that. But... Uh, Things obviously are not that easy. Uh, so if you could explain to uh, a just former enlisted crayon eaten Marine like myself, why <laughs> these things are so difficult and how did you get it done? Yeah, so the, the Legion Act is, is a great example of, of one of those things where there's, there's not gonna be a lot of opponents to something like that. Um, some, some of the more difficult things that we, we see or anything with a, a dollar sign attached to it because that money needs to come from somewhere. Um, so along the same vein, something that seems like a no-brainer, one of the things that we're pushing right now uh, is healthcare eligibility for War II veterans. Um, you know, as we know, there's there's not a lot of them left right now, and, and those that are are, are are well into their 90s. Uh, the vast majority of them are eligible for VA care, um, but there's some who aren't, and we want to expand that out. It's something that we did for um, veterans of World War II, World War One, as well as the Spanish American War, I believe, and that's one of the things we're pushing is expanding that healthcare out there. And you know, to your average legionnaire or your average veteran, or even your average citizen, the idea of doing that is, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. You know, this is America's greatest generation. Um, you know, they, let's let's make sure that they're comfortable uh, in the last couple of years years of life. Um, and frankly, when you speak to most most uh, politicians and most congressmen, they're supportive of the issue. There's bipartisan, bicameral support, uh, but the reality is that 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 there is money attached to that, and we need to 
help Congress figure out a way where that money is going to come from to to offset that stuff. So that's that's one thing that we that we run into frequently. Um, and there's some tricks about how the Congressional Budget Office scores it. Uh, it might seem a lot more expensive than it should be, um, but you know, to the average person, and and really when it boils boils down to brass tacks, it's a no-brainer. It says, yeah, let's get this done. Let's make this happen. Um, but then there's you know, the navigating the the complex bicameral terrain of of, of the legislator is is always a little bit more difficult. And uh, you know that's that's how the founders intended it. It's it is a complex system, and it's difficult to get things across the finish line. Um, and it's it's a slow moving process. Uh, for for example, you know this this we just did a little bit of analysis as we come to a close of the 116th Congress of you know how many veterans bills get introduced versus how many get actually passed. Um, and we're, we were, you know, rough numbers, don't quote me because I don't have them in front of me, but I think there were somewhere around 1,100 bills that affected veterans in some capacity. Um, and there's somewhere in the range of 40 to 60 that actually gotten passed into law over the past two years. So, I mean, that, that's an extremely low percentage. And, and I guarantee you that the vast majority of veterans or citizens would look at most of the bills get, that got introduced and would say, yeah, this is a no brainer. Let's do it. You know, let, let's help out help out veterans. Um, but unfortunately, it, it is it is a slow moving moving process. And, you know, that's that's why it takes advocates, you know, both both who are up here doing it every day. But more importantly, you know, the average legionnaire who calls their office back in the district and says, hey, why why aren't we getting this done? This is important to us in the veterans community. And a lot of the times the the congressmen and women who won't even be tracking a bill because like I said, there's, you know, eleven hundred bills out there that affect veterans. Um, unless they're hearing from veterans back in their district about what matters to them, things kind of get lost in the mix. And it, and it, and it requires that, that drumbeat of advocacy, uh, from the average legionnaire in order to bring it to the attention of, of, of the Congress, because there's, they just have so many competing interests. Um, so I think things get lost in the mix and, uh, it requires the advocacy of, of the average legionnaire and, and, and. You know, us here at the legislative division providing them the information to do so uh, in order to make sure that that becomes top priority for their for the, their legislators. So I think the, the very short version of my extended response here uh, would be that there, there's just so much going on um, that that sometimes things get lost in the mix. And that's why advocacy is so important. Well, real quick, right before you go, because you brought up something that I hadn't thought about is we have this big number of people in the legion family how do you mobilize how do you mobilize those and and where can people go to get that information because i certainly don't know what i don't know what the legislative priorities are i don't know what to send to my representatives uh, by email or a call and uh now i want to because you are leading the way sir so if you could <laughs> Just kind of touch on how we get more involved in that movement. Yeah, so the the way the Legion really mobilizes its grassroots potential and power, um, really two two different ways. So we have something that's called the Legislative Council, and the Legislative Council has one Legionnaire assigned to every member of Congress. So for every five hundred and thirty five members of Congress, there's a Legionnaire who uh, is assigned to them. And their job is to, you know, have a relationship with either the, the elected official uh, 
or somebody in their office to, to make that phone call. Um, so if there's if there's a bill that that we're supportive of and we're trying to get across the finish line, really mobilizing the legislative council, which is which is an appointed position within the legion, um, to make that phone call and put it on their radar. The other way is really trying to mobilize everybody, um, and what we do is 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 send out something like that's called an action alert, and where we've been putting embedding those is in the commander's message. Um, so when the commander sends out a message in there, there'll be some kind of piece of legislation that we want to mobilize around and there'll be a little button that says take action. Uh, and, and what that'll do for us is it'll, it'll bring you to our, our landing page with a, with a preformed message where you could put your address in and it'll tell you who your senator is, who your senators are and who, who your congressman in the house of representatives are. Um, and then all you have to do is click send and it will send that prefabricated message um, to those elected officials. That's awesome. Well, that seems seems very easy um, and, and somewhat innocuous when just one person does it. But when we start having when offices get hundreds and hundreds of emails about the same piece of legislation from members in their districts, from legionnaires and veterans in their district, they're like, oh, well, hold on. Let me take a look at this thing. My people care about that. Um, so really how, how the average legionnaire and veteran can get involved is um, taking action on those action alerts when we, when we put them out through the commander's message. Um, really that, that is the key and the, the quantitative method by which elected officials are seeing that, hey, veterans care about this issue. And just to clarify, those are all accessible outside of the commander's message, correct? Like they can go on the website, they can find it. Um, is there kind of like a step through for folks that maybe missed the message and can get on our website and see where that's at? Yes, yes. And thank you that, thank you for that, Ashley. So if you go to the legis legislative page, uh, unfortunately, I don't have it uh, queued up for me here where I can read it off. But uh, it's on the legislative page and, um, you know, there's, there's an action alert section. And if there's an active campaign, once you click that button, it'll take you to the, to the landing page and it'll, it'll have a bill highlighted. Uh, and I think our most recent one um, had to do with uh, Agent Orange presumptives for Vietnam veterans. Uh, and that one is still up there right now, uh, although it's been included in the NDAA, which was our big ask and is hopefully going to be signed by the president here shortly uh, and make sure those, those Vietnam veterans get the care that they deserve and earn. Um, but they can go in there and click that button. And that's still an active campaign. And they can go through the same process. So, yeah, absolutely. You just go to the Legion website, you go to the legislative page, um, and then there'll be a legislative action center where all those things are listed. And you got a huge assist from our super producer, Holly, who says that that's going to be in the show notes. So uh, if, you, uh, if you're like me and you're not writing links down that will <laughs> probably be written incorrectly, they will right. be in the show notes. Well, well, thank you very much for that, Holly. Uh, so we're now kind of looking in the rearview mirror at this last election cycle, which uh, was spirited, let's call it. Um, and although there were a record, record number of uh, veterans running, and in particular Iraq and Afghan global war on terror veterans, the actual number of congressmen uh, and congresswomen with military service has gone down pretty steadily. And I believe we're at the lowest point since World War II. 
and then on top of that, you've got a, a really polarized society where Republicans and Democrats seem to fight about everything. But veterans issues are are not quite as uh, hostile towards each of the parties. And my question basically is, do we find uh, a bit more bipartisanship in the committees that we deal with? And how do you think it does impact us pushing our legislative uh, portfolio when there are fewer and fewer veterans? Is there a bigger place for us? Is there a smaller place for us? What, what do you think that bodes for us in the future? Yeah, I think, so firstly, on, on the issue of the level of partisanship in the committees, you know, the, the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee and the House Veterans Affairs Committee have classically been the, the least polarized uh, of the committees. And I think there's there's a consensus there that that, you know, we want to take care of our veterans and we want to make sure they get the help that they need. Um, and, and, and frankly, it's not a very good look to be a politician and not be helping veterans. So um, we have that we have that in our favor. Um, there there is times that the partisanship uh, flows into the committees, although I would say it is exponentially less uh, than than the other committees and the other the other policy areas. There's always there, there's always the debate of, of, of big government versus small government. If we should be outsourcing certain services and shrink the VA, or if we should expand the VA and have everybody get their services in house. Um, there, there's always that dynamic, but I think at, at the end of the day, the Veterans Affairs Committee and, and all the members on it really understand that 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 discussion is is kind of in the background, and there's a lot of noise to that. The real question is, how do we get our vet veterans the best care possible? Um, and, you know, wherever that might be, that's where, where they need to get the best care and make sure that they're taken care of. So that, that really has has always been is is the priority. Um, I won't say that there's never partisanship in the in the in the committees because there's there's always a, there's always a level of that. Um, that's what you get in a two party system. But uh, I'm certainly less than than the other committees. And. Um, Mark, to your second question, yeah, I mean, absolutely, a shrinking number of veterans, um, and I think that has out that that has effects throughout the government, um, not just in in the Veterans Affairs Committee. You know, looking at historic numbers of veterans in in, in Congress after World War II, you know, the the context and the understanding that they bring to defense issues and you know, matters of foreign policy, having having been overseas and 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 seen the results of foreign policy um, and and some of the defense decisions, I think that. You know, there, there's certainly some impacts there. You know, with, within the within the VA committees specifically, um, having veterans in there, I think it's helpful to understand um, what the VA is like. There's there's a number of of congressmen who received their care at the VA um, and had and have made a conscious decision to receive their care at the VA um, because at the end of the day, they're they're experiencing those things. It's not just a secondhand account. Um, so I think it's always helpful for us to to have more veterans in Congress um, and 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 having more veterans run. So going into this 117th Congress, there'll be a total of 80 members who who have served in the military and, and are classified as veterans. Um, there's 15 new members of Congress who are veterans. Uh, so certainly still being represented, but we would we we I think it would benefit us to have even more. So if anybody's out there listening and and, and thinking of running. Uh, let me know. <laughs> Sir All Kalamazoo right. up there. <laughs> Let's take a uh, quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Lawrence in a minute. Did you know the American Legion magazine is the most frequently read periodical in the nation? True story. 
Find out why by joining today at legion.org forward slash join. All right, and we're back with Lawrence Montro, the director of our National Legislative Division. And Ashley, we'll go back to you for a second round. Excellent. So I wanted to expand a little bit more on the Deborah Sampson Act, if we could. I know that that's been just especially with it's the I'm trying to think of the HR bill. I have to forgive me. So it's the Veterans Health Care and Benefits Improvement Act. I know it's named after David P. Road and it's Johnny... Thank you. I wanted to kind of just expand a little bit more on that and kind of discuss some of the the main points that our our, our viewers, our listeners, kind of need to know about going now into 117th and how potentially there could be legislation legislation that would then complement or complement at least one or many or all of our priorities going in from our legislative agenda. Yeah, so H.R. 7105, um, which is really the namesake of, of uh, Congressman Rowe and Senator uh, Isaacson, Congressman Rowe, ranking member of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, and then um, Senator Isaacson, the, the, the former ranking member of uh, SVAC, um, mm-hmm. as well as chairman. Um, so this bill was, you know, my team and I just finished going through it. Um, relatively recently, it's 334 pages long, I believe. Um, there was a slew of, of bills, standalone bills that the Legion had supported in the past, um, ranging from toxic exposure issues dating back to Vietnam to, to today. Um, the Deborah Sampson Act, which was integral, which is an integral piece of legislation that makes sure that the VA is prepared um, to serve women veterans um, and, in, and ensure that they provide the, the care that is needed because that demographic is, it has grown exponentially and, and really will continue to grow. Um, it, there's, there's the Protect the GI Bill Act, which is an immensely important piece, piece of legislation that was in there. Um, so that, that, that piece of legislation really kind of wiped the slate clean um, going to the 117th Congress. In fact, my team and I put the put together the legislative agenda for the 117th um, and had to go back to the drawing board after that got passed because there was a bunch of things that were already accomplished uh, right. before we even started the new Congress. Um, so I think that that bill has really set us up to be hyper-focused on a few things, which is really a, a major one will be the toxic exposure issue. So um, there's, there's significant issues that need to be addressed specifically in, in regard to burn pits. Um, there, there have some, been um, a number of bills as Congress that were introduced uh, and, and that there's certainly been a significant amount of support built around. They're going to have to be reintroduced next Congress. Um, but I think really that 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 along with the other two major priorities uh, in, in telehealth and then continuing to to address the women's care issue uh, is going to be what we're looking at going into the next Congress. And for a quick follow-up, I know that this bill specifically had pandemic uh, assistance. As if you're if you're familiar to, you know, just elaborate a little bit on that on, on what to expect. So I know some folks have had concerns. Obviously, this year has been less than ideal for many, if not hundreds of thousands of Americans. It's just so I'm just interested to see what additional provisions were were put in there from a, a COVID pandemic standpoint. Yeah. So the, the there was also some 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 COVID-specific 
verbiage in there that, that addressed that addressed some concerns. Um, to, to be honest, off the top of my head, I, I cannot I cannot recall the uh, in, in depth which those were. I think they got lost on me in the in the 330 pages. Um, oh, it's it's but, quite all right. I, I have not gotten through all 300 pages myself. Yeah. I'm maybe like 12 pages in. <laughs> But I, I will say one of the, one of the, one of the important things that, that we've addressed going through the COVID pandemic, and one of them we'll continue to address is you know firstly is the the payments that were received um, you know throughout Americans, but ensuring that those payments went went direct to veterans and they didn't have to wait to file their tax returns. Uh, that was something that you know we made sure was was involved uh, in any package that that related to COVID, just to make sure that veterans wouldn't have to wait for that payment, wouldn't have to wait for uh, filing our tax tax return in, in order to get that. Um, another COVID-related related issue that we ran into, um, which again is before this, this current piece of legislation, um, was those who were receiving the GI Bill. Um, so, you know, you, you receive a certain amount of BH depending on your locality or whether you're online, um, you know, which I think almost everybody understands now is that almost everybody was going to school online for a substantial amount of time. So depending on where you live, that could have been a, a really big financial hit because you would, you would be cut. So um, in, an important piece of legislation uh, that came out of, of some of the COVID packages was that all remote classes would be treated as in-person. Um, and, and that's been extended through through this semester and, and, and through through the spring semester at a minimum, I believe. Um, so that those were two major issues in relation to COVID. Um, another one that we just passed as, as a resolution um, right out of the fall NEC was uh, some some concerns with the the cause of death. So if veterans who who may have died of COVID. Uh, you know, the cause of death goes as COVID. And, you know, depending on what the cause of death is, whether it was service service connected or not, um, that ha that can have repercussions about the benefits that, they, that their families end up receiving down the road. Um, so ensuring that, you know, that that connection is there. Somebody had pre-existing um, lung issues that may have contributed along with the COVID, that that is listed on, on, on those death certificates as well. So the, the, the proper benefits can be received by the family. So, um, you know, certainly a slew of, of, of COVID issues that, that, that need to be addressed. Um, significant backlog of CMP exams is another issue that, we'll, that we're continuing to monitor. Um, it's been very difficult for veterans to get in and get those exams. Um, so certainly, certainly more, more COVID fallout um, as, as far as veteran issues go that, we, that we'll continue to address in the 117th Congress. Well, we appreciate you very much. This is incredibly important and it is not a, a light lift. This is a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of collaboration, I'm sure, across other, other VSOs, MSOs, and VA as well. So much applause. So we appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, we, we appreciate that. And and uh, like my, my team just spent spend a lot of hard hours in along with our, our legislative commission, legislative council. But um, when we look at getting these things across the finish line, it's it's the average average legionnaire making those phone calls is, is what gets us across the finish line, and and, and the ability to mobilize, um, you know, we anything we get across the finish line here is is a result of the name 
um, and that name carries with it a history that that that, that exists for a reason. So, all right, Jeff, you're up. All right, I don't know the we that Ashley was talking about. I'm actually a little disappointed that you didn't remember every detail of a 300 plus <laughs> page document. I remember everything from the zero pages that I read. Every <laughs> bit of it. So you have some standards to come up to, my my good friend. So uh, I, I'm really about right now, because you got me thinking about this whole mobilization and strategizing, mm -hmm. getting everybody on board for whatever the agenda is. I don't care what who it affects, but if it's on the agenda, I'm all for it. So I'm wondering, what is the what is the strategic relationship with other VSOs like the FWDAV, left-handed veterans who like spicy food of America, whatever <laughs> it may be, um, and then also this notion of you know the Legion being a bottom-up organization and things come up through resolutions and I know there's a million tons of those and how do you even sort through it and how can you even be timely in that system? Yeah, so I, I think to uh, you know, th thanks thanks for for those questions, Jeff. Um, you know, th those are issues that that we look at every day and deal with every day. You know, firstly, um, you know, we're working and collaborating with other VSOs. We there is rarely a week that goes by that there is not a joint phone call between all the VSOs, um, at least at least their outposts uh, here in D.C. about a, a piece of legislation or um, a certain a certain subset of of of, of issues. Uh, you know, I think there was at least three today that that my team were on. Um, so the 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 collaboration between the VSOs is is something that is is perpetual and 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 ongoing. Um, so and a lot of the times there's coordination when we're sending out these these action alerts. Say, hey, we're going to send something out. Are you guys you know VFW DAV PVA ambats? are you guys sending something else out as well? Um, so that ability to really mobilize the entire veteran community um, is also, also um, it, it provides a lot of leverage when, when we're trying to get things through through Congress. And um, you know, to, to your second question, I think that, that yeah, there, there's a significant amount of, of resolutions that come up um, you know, there's there's specific ones with legislative intent, um, you know, and and, you know, big shout out to Mark here. He's been integral in, in, in helping us organize and sift through a lot of those. His, his JD coming in handy there. Um, so we've uh, it, it, it's certainly been something that that we that has been a lot that we try to, you know, we, we organize and speak with the legislative commission about, hey, what are our priorities? And then we also speak. Then we also go down to the divisions and other commissions and say, "Hey, what are your what, what are your top issues here, and what do you want us to focus um, our our energies on?" Um, and and we typically go and we'll say, "Hey, you know, we've got three. You know, we're we're going to work the other ones. We're going to push the other ones, but um, we've got a finite amount of resources. What do you what do you want us really to take the fight to the hill on? Um, where others we might be more reactionary." Um, but it's certainly a lot of conversations with the respective commissions and committees, uh, as well as divisions for the prioritization of those, and then uh, and then sifting through what's legislative intent and what's not. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I also have a JD in my initials. 
So I don't know if that can help you out in any kind of way. But we can send it up to the more educated Mr. CV. Uh, we can always take the help. So whatever you got, whatever initials you, you come with, we'll take. So Jeff did kind of steal my question there. Good job, Jeff. Yes. I think that's the first time it's actually oh, oh. he's wow. straight up stolen my question. But I, I want to burrow in a little more specifically uh, the resolutions. You and I have, have gone through them together. We had 365 mm -hmm. uh, last year that were legislative intent, which is a, it's a crazy number. And you'll often have bleed over from one commission or committee looking at it. And then another one weighing in on it as well. But what I, what I want to talk about is we'll get a lot of complaints. Why are you guys supporting X bill? Mm -hmm. And then I have to go back and explain, well, look, we didn't just pull the position out of a hat. And it's not Lawrence Montrose's position or Mark Seavey's position. It comes from the resolution. So can we talk about the role that Legionnaires play from the post level in starting the resolutions all the way through things like the Legion Act and making sure they come to fruition. What role can your average blue cap legionnaire play in both setting the American Legion's legislative portfolio and ensuring that it passes? Yeah, I think it's a great question, Mark. And I, and I think that um, that's the beauty of the organization. And I think that's why the organization carries a lot of weight on, on the Hill and with politicians, because they know, to your point, it's not Lawrence Montreal or Mark Stevie who just made this up and said, hey, this is what veterans think. Um, this 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 came through a democratic process um, from your average legionnaire on the ground, and it made it through multiple levels of, of scrutiny and votes um, to decide if if that's the official position of the legion. Um, so it certainly provides provides us a bit of leverage when we say, hey, this, this is what the average veteran thinks. Um, you know, and I think as as the average legionnaire looks at it. And he looks at you know what what we're focusing on or, or what are some concerns that veterans in his community or her community might be having um they can write a resolution on uh, and they could start that process and they can say here's a gap here's an issue that needs to be fixed uh, they can write that resolution uh, the legion website's got some guidance on, on on how to write those resolutions again i'll have to defer to uh holly to help me out on the on the link there uh but uh, it is something that's available, and they and the average legionnaire can can write that write that resolution. You can go through the committees and the subcommittees, and go on up to the NEC and, and, and get passed as an official position uh, with legislative intent for the American Legion. Um, and that and and then that 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 allows my team to go to the Hill and say, "Hey, this is our position." Um, because we can't do that unless there's there's a resolution with legislative intent that tells us to go do that. Um, as much as you know, if if uh, the average legionnaire gives us a call and says, "Here's here's this issue, uh, I need you guys to work it," as much as we may support that issue and and, and want to work it, uh, you know, we our hands are kind of tied unless it's an official position of the American Legion, and uh, and that's where that's where the average legionnaire in, in, in writing that resolution uh, comes comes into play. I've spent enough time on the website that I know legion.org forward slash resolutions is our full <laughs> list. And you just throw a topic in there. And I, I think people would be shocked at how many resolutions we have. I mean, it's literally hundreds. And you guys, and I worked in legislative, so I know how it goes. But you have to take all these disparate resolutions and turn them into, you know, a policy statement or if you're submitting testimony that actually makes sense. So that's 
it's it's a lot of work that goes into it. But it always bugs me when someone's like, well, why did you guys support this bill? And it's like, hey, I, I don't have anything to do with it. Like, I'm, I'm carrying the water that you gave me. If you don't like the taste of it, that's on you, not on me. Yeah. We, we get that kind of a lot. And it, like, I, I just want to point out, like, not, you're right. There's a lot of thought that goes into these at numerous steps along the way. And the best thing Legionnaires can do is stay active and stay interested in it. So, Lawrence, I'll be, any, writing, uh, one, I'll be writing one a month, CB. So you're welcome for <laughs> job security. <laughs> Good. I, I can't wait to read them, Jeff. <laughs> I, there was uh, it was like a four week period where I did nothing but read resolutions all day. I was turning into the rain man of American Legion resolutions and it was very tiring. Uh, Lawrence, any any parting thoughts on what you'd want our listeners or watch people watching the show to do to help you guys out in doing what you guys do so well? Yeah, I, I think um, you know, and your questions have really really shaped this and give me the opportunity to speak to you already. But that that grassroots mobilization is, is is the thing that gives us the ability to walk into an office and say this matters, um, and it's not just. It's just not my, my team here in D.C. who cares about this. You know, there's, there's 1.8 million legionnaires who care about this. And when we when we make that call to action and, and it comes through, it comes through the, the commander's message or a legionnaire gets a wind of it at the post um, to, to take action and, and just click those few buttons for us. Um, you know, it seems again, it seems somewhat innocuous, but, but that builds up. And it allows us to get to get out here and pass legislation that helps veterans. So I think that's 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 the message I would leave you with. Yeah, 2.2 million people yelling out in one voice tends to tends to move things. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, Lawrence, thank you much, very much for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you down the road. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. All right, Jeff. So we just got done talking to Lawrence. Uh, what, have have we kindled a fire in you to start working all the legislative priorities or what do, you, mean, what do you take out of this? I mean, I love this because, you know, membership is is a multi-tiered thing, right? And when we talk to new people, they always ask, well, what do you guys do? And what usually we talk about is what we have already done. It's, it, and it's a weird answer to that question so one of the things now i'm kind of excited about and um, people probably think dude you're so late on this there's other people already doing it but i don't care is mobilizing legionnaires for whatever our agenda is and getting that thing done i just uh i'm a little rejuvenated with that as as a mission coming up that and writing a resolution a month to make sure that you're miserable that's gonna. That's gonna be. That's priority number two. I, I hate to break nice. it to you, buddy, but I only actually reads the ones that either pass or make it up to the NEC. So I, you know, once you get it, if you can get it through, if you can get one a month through the state, I will read Impressive. every last one of them. A- Ashley, what what did you take away? So I I think this is an incredibly important conversation. You know, it's it's been a very uh, very tumultuous year. We've experienced and have been seeing a lot from both an election standpoint to, you know, really a grassroots effort across the country from a voter's perspective, right? So when we're talking about getting involved and understanding who these new folks, like new folks that we've, you know, elected into office, our representatives, down to the local level, 
to our state level, and then understanding, of course, the conglomerate of the federal government and the Congress and all of the things, right? I think it's so important that the American Legion has made it incredibly simple for you to get involved and to act upon our legislative agenda and to know and to to compliment on Jeff. I mean, yes, like we have to start thinking and speaking about these things in the present tense. Like we are working on these things. We are advocating. You know, we are in our communities every day, whether it's through volunteerism or promotion of Americanism or any of the following programs and services that we provide as an organization. And we have 1.8 million legionnaires plus like we are the power of numbers is a real thing and i think for all of our listeners out there this is a huge call to action we know you care and we want to have your voices heard and as lawrence explained to us you know there are and what will be in our, our footnotes later on is this is how you can get involved this is how we make a difference this is how we get your priorities heard whether it's through you know the resolution through your post you know, signing and, you know, filling out that auto-generated, you know, Senator, House Representatives, Congressman, Congresswoman's name and sending it off via email. Because I don't know about you, but when I get a lot of emails in my email box, I start paying attention, right? I say, wow. And I I think that there's a huge call to action here. So I'm really happy that he was able to come on and talk to us about legislation um, that has just passed and kind of give us an overview and then move forward. Yeah, and that, uh, as Super Producer Holly says, and that big voice is why it's important to recruit new members. Absolutely true. All right, folks, that wraps it up for us. Uh, remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us. Five stars only, please. Everyone else, you know, keep a muzzle on it. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us some feedback, you can comment on YouTube or on Facebook, mm-hmm. or you can just send us an email at Tango Alpha Lima at Legion.org, which I think comes to me. So don't listen to Ashley and send me 8 million things. Positive stuff <laughs> only. Positive, positive, positive. Jeff, Ashley, thank you guys for joining us. And we will thank see you. all our listeners and viewers in another week or so. Bye. Bye. Bye.